Hi, I'm Heather Mulder. And I'm Janice Greeno, and you're listening to Dementia Untangled, where we explore the topic of dementia through conversations with physicians, experts, and community leaders. Our discussions focus on innovative ideas, practical strategies, and proven methods to guide caregivers along a supportive path. Hello, and welcome to Dementia Untangled. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our podcast. Today, our conversation will be with Eileen Broughton, the Executive Director of the Giving Voice Initiative. And we're going to be discussing the Giving Voice Initiative and the power of singing together. You know, Janice, this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about, so I'll try not to take too long kicking it off with you. But I found a quote in an article from 2019 called The Neuroscience of Singing. And it says, the neuroscience of singing shows that when we sing, our neurotransmitters connect in new and different ways. It fires up the right temporal lobe of our brain, releasing endorphins that make us feel smarter, healthier, happier, and more creative. When we sing with other people, this effect is amplified. And you know, our experience at Banner Alzheimer's Institute, for the past few years, we have been offering a program called Shine Your Light, which is a choir for people living with dementia and their care partners. And you may not be aware, actually, this choir was inspired by the work of the Giving Voice Initiative. I stumbled upon them maybe five years ago and was learning about their mission of bringing choirs to communities around the world and was so inspired, I was able to join their board of directors to help them take this local um, initiative based out of Minneapolis and broaden it to a national and even international audience. So I'm so excited to talk to Eileen today um, to learn more about the science of singing, the importance of singing together and the work of giving voice. Heather, I am inspired by your passion. And I love that quote. And who wouldn't want to feel smarter, healthier, happier, and more creative? It is so inspirational to hear about how this idea came about. And I can't wait to hear more. And thank you so much, Heather, for bringing this amazing work to Arizona with the Shine Your Light Choir. I've gotten to participate in that program, both in person and virtually, and it is so amazing. Uh, the beautiful music, the friendships, the healthy impact on the brain and the body, the lift in mood, and the empowerment of achieving something wonderful together. It's amazing, and I can't wait to hear more about um, this program from Eileen. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Before we learn more about giving voice, I would love to learn a little bit more about you. Could you tell us what, about your journey and what led you to connect with the dementia community? Well, I, like many others, are a member of the sandwich generation. So I have children that are still in the home that need a lot of care. And I also am the primary caregiver um, for my dad, who is living with Parkinson's and um, also dementia. And 
there's a, a specific joy and also challenge in, in being a member of the sandwich generation and figuring out how not only to support your loved ones and the people you care about, but how to bridge those relationships. And I was really struggling managing that in my personal life and um, happened to stumble upon Giving Voice, as Heather mentioned. Um, in my experience, it was on a, a wonderful video that they had done with Twin Cities Public Television um, and learned about the organization and the joy and sense of community that I was really looking for um, feeling isolated in my caregiver experience was so real and so palatable with giving voice that I immediately clicked through to their website and found that they happened to be hiring a, at that point, someone in operations. And without even thinking, I took out my resume that hadn't been updated in a decade. And before I knew it, I'd applied for the job. You know, it must have been meant to be because. I ended up finding an absolute passion in the work that Giving Voice does and found each and every person that I interacted with with Giving Voice Chorus has a story. And I feel really compelled to make sure that I'm able to help share their stories and show how you can live well with dementia and find value and show the whole community, all of the special things that Giving Voice is doing. So I say it was kind of one, one little random computer click that led me to this. And now five years later, um, I'm really fortunate to be able to share my passion with other people. What a, a passionate story. And I love how you talk about stumbling upon Giving Voice and how that's kind of common in both of our stories. Let's help our listeners not have the same experience and help them learn a little bit more about this amazing initiative. Can you tell us the story of Giving Voice? Absolutely. So Giving Voice was founded in 2014. And like many amazing nonprofits, it was over you know, someone's kitchen table where our two co-founders, Mary Leonard and Marja Strushko, they were both they were struck by their experience with a parent living with Alzheimer's was so limited in things that they felt were bringing them joy that they, that they said, you know what, we are going, we're going to do something. And they didn't really know quite what, but an, a, a newspaper article had a headline that said, brains are boosted in Alzheimer's patients. And we don't use the word patients, but that's another story. Um, by listening to the sound of music. And so that article really led them to look into what did music and the brain have that was so special. And, you know, a lot of the research at the time, there was emerging research that really showed how, you know, listening to music and experiencing music was beneficial, but they were just on the cusp of understanding how impactful singing and singing in community was for people living with Alzheimer's um, and, and how it was really something that they were finding was stimulating the brain for longer periods of time. So this emerging research made them say, you know what? I think we could start a choir. And this choir, it's not only going to be for people living with Alzheimer's or other types of dementia, it's going to be for their care partners as well. Because when you think about the social isolation impact of a 
Alzheimer's diagnosis, that doesn't just happen to the person that's living with the disease. It happens to their family and it happens to people that are, you know, are caring for them. And so they said, let's, let's put together a choir. Let's see what happens. Um, let's get a specially trained music director that has an understanding of dementia and dementia awareness. And let's, let, let, let's try this out. So their first pilot program had 35 participants half of them were living with the disease and the other half were a care partner and it could be a spouse or, you know, or a child or even a good friend, but it was someone in their lives that was, that had a meaningful relationship. And they, they said, let's just sing familiar songs. Let's see what, let's see what this group can do. And it was a wild success. So every week, not only were they experiencing you know, an increase in their ability to sing and sing well, the choral experience was real, but the social part was, was unbelievable because the, the participants would say, I belong here. This is a place for me. I don't, I don't have to explain to people, you know, what, what it, what it is like to, you know, to get here or what are some of the issues that I'm experiencing or what are some of the joys I'm experiencing? I just, I belong here. So quickly they decided that this needed to be shared and a public performance was a must. And so the giving voice chorus back in 2014, all with all 35 people put on a public performance. And I think that's where where things really gelled to understand what this could really do for public awareness and for reducing stigma. Because after that first concert, the, the feedback they got was overwhelming that, you know, not only was this something that helped people understand um, more about what can be done to live well with Alzheimer's or other dementias, but it was also an opportunity for the chorus members to give back. And, you know, having an opportunity when, you know, nobody asks someone with, a, with an Alzheimer's diagnosis to help them. It's all about, you know, what do they need or, or what things can they no longer do? And so this was an opportunity um, for the chorus members to say, here's a gift I'm giving you. And that, that sense of empowerment was just overwhelming. So they decided that this was going to be a thing. And um, one chorus turned into two and two, two choruses turned into three. And then it was, well, how do we turn this into a worldwide movement? How do we keep, how do we spread this? And so Giving Voice created a toolkit in 2016 with the goal of being able to help other communities launch their own choruses anywhere in the world. And so um, it, it was it was meant to be this sort of launching point. And so Giving Voice was there to support people with technical assistance and, you know, whatever they needed, but that we really wanted this to be open source. And so our Twin Cities-based choruses turned into um, these learning labs that we could say, how do we share this and these best practices with communities all around the world? And and the communities responded. So soon it was a few choruses popping up, you know, in, in the Midwest and then a, a few on the East Coast and then, you know, some down in Texas. And then before we knew it, we had choruses in Australia and in the UK. Um, we had a great research partnership in University of Victoria, British Columbia. So there were all of these opportunities where people said, 
I can do this. I can do this work. Um, so now, you know, fast forward to 2022, we've survived a pandemic. We've, you know, used innovative ways to stay connected while people couldn't meet in person. And, and, and we're really still focusing on how we provide the best tools and resources to inspire other choruses around the world. And so that takes a lot of shapes and forms now. We have a learning community that provides um, resources and conferences and tools. We have um, different training modules that we work on. And then of course we have now five Twin Cities-based choruses that we, we um, really learn with and um, keep us really grounded in this work to say, you know, this is really what matters. Um, having, we just had a concert um, a few weeks ago and, you know, having the experience of watching people sing and what that means for, you know, individuals and then this community they've created, it is absolutely inspiring. So that's kind of the heart of, that's always gonna be the heart of what we do, but we're, we, we, we don't shy away from a challenge. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to what 2023 and 2024 are going to bring and just more choruses because the only thing better than singing is more singing. I love that. And I love the story of the Giving Voice Initiative and how it started with a spark at a kitchen table about around an article and how it's moved to this worldwide movement providing purpose and empowerment and beautiful music. Thank you so much to the whole Giving Voice team and for everyone who's been part of the choirs. Um, you know, you mentioned your research partnership and that is something that we love to untangle. We love to untangle the science behind um, our topics that we're talking about. So can you share with us any of that research around why choral singing? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the research that inspired Giving Voice was out of Norway, and it was all about this idea that, you know, um, choral singing provides a community experience that, you know, obviously harnesses parts of the brain that are usually least impacted by Alzheimer's, but also that communal experience allows people to feel supported and learn more. But we actually have participated in our own research. So um, starting in 2016, Giving Voice partnered with Health Partners, a large um, hospital organization here in the Twin Cities, to do a chord study where we were able to um, evaluate singers uh, pre-choral experience and post-choral experience to understand what types of mood improvements or um, cognitive uh, changes did they experience during rehearsal and then most importantly post-rehearsal. So because of the size of our group, we were able to get a fairly decent sample size of over 150 people to participate in this pre and post choral rehearsal study. Um, the results of that were published in late uh, 2020 and overwhelmingly people experienced an Im, you know improved mood improved cognition and a longer lasting sense of well-being post rehearsal and so you know the it's kind of the 
fledgling jump into the research, but you know, Giving Voice is really actively interested in, in moving that forward. So then fast forward to some of the work that these larger organizations are doing. There's a wonderful chorus called Voices in Motion, which is, I mentioned, University of Victoria, British Columbia. And the, the research lead there is Dr. Deborah Sheets. And she's been working um, over the past four years on research with her um, chorus members that's a little more sophisticated with brain scans and um, more sophisticated um, medical evaluations about really what is happening in their brains during and after they participate in choral singing. And I have to say, it's fascinating. I mean, a lot of this research is not yet published, but, you know, there's a clear connection between that brain stimulation and the increased cognition that, that people are experiencing when they have the opportunity to be exposed to choral singing. And what's different, I think, I mean, we all might remember, you know, the Alive Inside where, you know, there was a lot of work around playing music and that has a lot of value as well, but that participatory experience, um, the, the ability to be involved in something bigger than yourself and contribute has a magical effect on well-being. And I think that oftentimes that's what we hear from people living with Alzheimer's is that they're not asked to contribute in ways that are meaningful. And when we search for meaning in lives, I think we all can all can agree that it's when we feel valued, it's when we feel like we are contributing that our well-being increases. So, so there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the works and, you know, we only hope that, you know, the research will continue um, because it's really, really exciting. And I have no doubt that we'll, you know, we'll continue to, to, to try to support the research to really say, hey, this has strong value. Eileen, I love hearing your passion behind not only the initiative, but the research that's happening behind it too. I think one thing that I'm experiencing locally with our choir is witnessing this energy towards working towards a common goal. We work towards um, a performance at the end of the series and really celebrating that victory. Can you talk some more about your experience with that? It kind of ties into this idea of, uh, of, you know, of what we hope to prove about, you know, the choral experience and music in the brain. So the concert, you know, it's kind of the culmination of the work that the singers do every week. And so, you know, it's, it's a really special experience. It's more than just a, a, a choir concert because it's, it's almost like, you know, if you, you're, when you go to watch it, to witness it, you're, you're a part of it. You're a participant. You're, you're, you're not just an audience member. So the way in which I feel these types of choruses engage with their audience is so unique and so special. So some of the things that I think are, are a little bit different about a, a concert that you would see with a giving voice um, style chorus is that we call out the disease, the diagnosis, and the challenges of living with Alzheimer's or other dementias. So our singers introduce songs. It's, it's meant to be an experience where the audience sees what it is like to, you know, be living with a diagnosis like Alzheimer's or other dementias, 
and find a place that you feel like you belong. So, you know, an introduction might be um, a couple standing up and saying, you know, this was a song that, you know, we first danced to when we were newly married. And while, you know, my loved one, you know, no longer can share with me, you know, how many years we've been married or whatnot, whenever this song comes on, we are back in that moment. And, and the audience gets to see that um, and be a part of it. And so I think that when we talk about what is, you know, the accomplishment of a concert at the end of a semester, it's so much more than just them giving a solid performance. And, and believe me, they do. They give a solid performance. But it's that sneak peek into um, this community that changes people's minds about living with dementia. So it's something you kind of have to really be there to experience. And I'm sure, Heather, you have that with, with your course. It's, it's, you have to sort of be there to experience it. And one thing that I can't, I can't not bring up is in 2018, we did a full concert of new music. And so when I say new music, we had a poet and composer come in and spend six months with our, our chorus members to learn their stories, to learn about them, to learn what made them unique. And then they wrote 12 new songs that shared the stories that the, you know, that the singers gave them. And um, at that point, we, we, we thought, okay, well, all of these songs, it's, it's not even like they're songs they maybe didn't know that much. These are brand new songs. Are our singers going to be able to learn something new? Because, you know, Comet Society tells us, well, if you're living with Alzheimer's, you don't learn new things, you know, you stick with what you know. Um, and I think, you know, because of the experience and the trust that these singers had with this community, they will, they were able to learn all of these new songs. And we sold out the Ordway, which is a, which is a, um, a, a larger um, venue in St. Paul, Minnesota in three days. And so we performed to a concert of over a thousand people, 12 new original pieces of, of, the, these beautiful songs, the song cycle that we called Love Never Forgets. Um, and I think that that, although it's not documented research, that that kind of speaks for itself about the power of singing in the brain and, and music memory and what it means to be in a supported choral community. So, so I have to just kind of put my Love Never Forgets plug in there. Tell us more about Love Never Forgets and just what else has surprised you? I will say as an organization, we were just so pleasantly surprised. Our plan was to do one or two of the songs. Uh, that was our thought. You know, we would, we would do a spring concert. We'd introduce one or two of these songs and we would kind of see what the singers, you know, um, were able to accomplish. And they saw the bar that we had set for them and they, they raised it real high and they learned all the songs. And so of course we had to perform them all. But I think some of the other things that, um, really surprised me about this type of work is is first of all how people often discount their musical experience we have a lot of people that say well i'm not really a singer and at giving voice everyone is a singer um it is the best musical instrument that you can have and we also always say there's no wrong in this room so what is what is life if not an opportunity to learn right so just you know coming in and and giving of yourself and singing and it's amazing how it it comes together and people that you know kind of self-profess oh i'm not a singer um that 
they they become just that and it's it's really a wonderful thing um to watch we we have a we have we have some um lovely couples that join with us and and maybe maybe one of them will say you know what um i'm just gonna sit i'm gonna sit in the audience um for a rehearsal and just i'm gonna listen and i can tell you every single time someone comes in with that semester over semester it just takes a few rehearsals for them to kind of inch their way and before you know it they're on stage singing with the group so so those were things that i think at the beginning surprised me and 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 now just kind of give me that pleasant smile because i'm just so happy that that people find find a sense of community other things in this work is i'm constantly surprised by how this type of work is connected with so many organizations in so many ways, because as we all know, dementia doesn't discriminate. And um, the, the way that we can visibly fold in um, dementia-friendly programs and awareness like this into just our, our normal community programs, I mean, it's, 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 it is something that is so needed. Um, and so I, I find myself in conversations with organizations that on paper, you might say, well, that doesn't seem to fit. You know, why would this psychology clinic have interest in the work that that Giving Voice is doing? But we find ways because dementia doesn't discriminate. And there are ways in which all organizations can support this type of work in a meaningful way because you know, when you when you know one person with Alzheimer's, you know one person with Alzheimer's, and the stories are all different. And we all can come to this type of work in a, from a different path. And so I just I'm always just constantly um, um, surprised and impressed with with the way people find the work we do. And I hope that that you know just continues to just be be surprised by who comes to us in which ways. Eileen, I had the great pleasure of being at that Love Never Forgets concert, and it it still sticks with me how powerful it was to see these three choirs come together and sing this original music that was so personal to them. It just was really inspirational to get to be part of it. And I know the mission of Giving Voice is to inspire and equip organizations worldwide to bring together people with Alzheimer's and their care partners to sing in choruses that foster joy, well-being, purpose, and community understanding. And I think we focused a lot of our conversation so far on these outcomes that the, the choirs are working towards. I wanna to focus now on that, inspire and equip organizations worldwide. Can you tell us what have you learned along the way in growing Giving Voice Initiative to an international movement? Well, one thing is that we've learned a lot, but we have a lot a long way to go in terms of really understanding and recognizing the barriers to to, to access to some of these to some of these programs. So, you know, um, we have a, the wonderful privilege of having successful choruses here in the Twin Cities um, that are that are providing a, a necessary and important um, community for people. But it's just a small fraction of the community, and um, we need to do more. And um, the the idea that we're inspiring and equipping communities, we need to be focusing on all communities and, and, and really thinking about what it is that we offer and how we can do 
a, a better job at recognizing what are some cultural differences, what are some economic barriers, how do we address rural communities, how are we working, you know, just with, with people that, you know, perhaps, you know, just don't have the similar, even musical interests as what we're, what we're doing. I mean, giving voice we're in a urban area in the Midwest. Our chorus is, is predominantly white middle-class um, people. We have a lot of work to do to understand how, if this is truly something that we wanna spread to all communities across the world, we're learning a lot about how collaboration and partnership is the way to really accomplish that. So I kind of think that right now we're in this interesting get to know you phase. We're doing a lot of listening and a lot of, of our, of our relationship building to understand first and foremost how is Alzheimer's and dementia looked at in different communities and and you know really having an opportunity to build trust and partnerships so that we can really expand this this movement um, you know we offer a lot of tools and resources to support choruses that are existing and launch choruses that are interested in starting this but we need to take a step back and say, we know who is able to come to us, who right now is not able to really use these resources and how do we, how do we bring them in um, in a way that's meaningful? Um, so, so listening phase, a lot of learning. Um, and I think the pandemic in a way has helped us take that pause um, to, be, to be more of the collaborator and, um, and really forge an opportunity to grow things organically. So that's kind of some of the, the, the big things that, you know, that we seek to accomplish. Well, Eileen, this has been a, a really exciting conversation with you today. For our listeners who are maybe inspired to become part of the Giving Voice movement or looking to join a choir locally, how can they connect with you? They can visit our website. It is givingvoicechorus.org. Um, that has most of that has all the resources they could they could they could hope for. They can always reach out directly to me. Yes, I will say that directly to me. Um, and that is Eileen E Y L E E N at givingvoicechorus.org. I love to hear from people. And we do have quite a fun YouTube channel with lots of videos that just show the variety of work that Giving Voice is doing, whether it's watching a concert, looking at some virtual programming, or even looking at some of the training modules that we're putting out there. So those are some great ways to connect with us. Great, thank you. And before we close, can you give us your final thought when it comes to Giving Voice Initiative and choral singing? My final thought would be, you know, for everyone listening to close your eyes and think about one song that is just in your, in your mind that no matter what you, no matter what, you know, mood you're in or what you're doing, when you hear it, it brings you joy and, and find that place you know, whenever you need it um, and recognize that all people need the opportunity to connect to something that brings them joy and singing can do that. But most importantly, it's the feeling. So if you feel connected and inspired and you have a song that makes you feel joyful, you will bring that out into the world. And that's what we need right now. Just more joy. Today, our conversation has been with Eileen Broughton. 
the Executive Director of Giving Voice Initiative. We so appreciate you helping us untangle choral singing and its impact on people living with dementia, as well as the Giving Voice Initiative. Yes, thank you so much, Eileen, for joining us. It was great to have you today. And I do have that song in my mind that brings me joy. So thanks for bringing that to mind. Thank you for having me. It's been great to talk with you. Hey, and thank you, Heather, for another great conversation. And thank you, Amber, for all you're doing behind the scenes. And most of all, we want to thank you to you, our amazing listeners. We're so glad you joined us. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast. I'm looking forward to our next conversation on Dementia Untangled. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dementia Untangled. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dementia Untangled is hosted by Heather Mulder and Janice Greeno, produced and edited by Amber Ayers, and is brought to you by Banner Alzheimer's Institute and Banner Sun Health Research Institute. We are supported by generous donations to the Banner Alzheimer's Foundation please visit our website at banneralz.org and follow us on Facebook to learn about upcoming events. If you have questions or comments, please email us at dementiauntangled at bannerhealth.com. Mm -hmm.